It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 25th, 2021. My name is Philip Austin. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic take a disappointing loss to the Charlotte Hornets after taking a disappointing loss to the Indiana Pacers uh, with two very similar themes. We'll talk about why the Magic lost those two games and what happened more specifically in the Hornets game because the Pacers game feels like old news. Why the Magic might have some positive signs and also why those positive signs are meaningless because they're coming in losses. We'll talk about everything to come with these two games coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. By searching Gravity and all the podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Charlotte Hornets before Monday's rematch? Check out Locked On Hornets. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Definitely check out the latest episode of Locked On Bucks because the party train does not stop until the NFL world is in Tampa for Super Bowl 55. Congratulations to our friends at Locked on Bucks and all Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans in the area or not. You can check out all these great podcasts again wherever you download podcasts the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. A lot of people pay attention to clutch shots. Um, there's, there's no getting around it. There's no changing that. Clutch shots are inked and cinched into our memories. The difference between winning and losing, especially in the playoffs, comes down to your ability to win games. And so being able to win games at the last second when there's no time remaining, those feel like they count a little bit more. 
Orlando Magic suffered two last-second losses uh, this weekend. On Friday in Indiana, the Orlando Magic were leading in regulation and looked to be uh, ready to take home a really nice win and come home with a 2-3 and three road trip when they all of a sudden could not get the ball in bounds. Boy, that's going to be a theme. And DeMontis Sabonis tied the game to send it to overtime. Orlando again had the opportunity to win the game in overtime. They stuck with it. They played some great basketball on Friday night in Indianapolis, but again, could not make the plays down the stretch. Terrence Ross missing a key free throw that would have put the Magic up four. Evan Forney having a three go in and out, like three quarters of the way down it felt like, although I did not think it was a great shot. And then Malcolm Brogdon hitting the go-ahead three with about two seconds left. Evan Fournier unable to hit a step-through three to, to win the game and send the Magic home with a victory. This coming a day after the Magic hit a clutch shot with Cole Anthony hitting a buzzer beater. Sunday was no different. Orlando was trailing by nine points in the fourth quarter. We will get to that. Magic were trailing by nine in the fourth quarter. They came back, tied the game with 10 seconds left, only to watch Gordon Hayward get his way past Evan Fournier to the, to the basket for a layup with seven-tenths of a second left. And that's the difference between winning and losing, making or missing a shot, being a step off in one direction or the other. Evan Forney was involved defensively in both of those shots. He was doing a good job closing down the lane for Doug McDermott, but maybe took a step too far, leaving Malcolm Brogdon open at the three-point line for that game-winning three in overtime. In the game on Sunday against Charlotte, Fournier played some solid defense, but you know maybe leaned a little too far in one direction. Ended up colliding with Gary Clark and giving Gordon Hayward a free lane to the basket. Again, that's the difference between winning and losing. If Evan Fournier hits that shot and makes it a five-point game in overtime, we're having a very different conversation about that game. But he didn't. If the Magic don't do the things that led them to lose Sunday's game. We're having a very different conversation than the one we're having today. But unfortunately, in both Friday's game and Sunday's game, the Magic played really, really well for the majority of the game. They did everything they're supposed to do to win games. They moved the ball. They played with with energy on defense. Even if they made mistakes, they were few and far between. They stuck to what they know they have to do to win. The Magic did what they needed to do. And yet, they didn't for enough time to give their opponent the win. Against the Pacers, the Magic, I mean, I think both the Magic and the Pacers felt like they should have won that game. Both teams made mistakes but played through them. It was an up and down game between two teams that feel like they're both playoff teams. And again, the Pacers, I I know I've said this to several people and I don't think it's a bad thing. The Pacers are where the Magic want to be. Uh, and the Magic and the Pacers were playing neck and neck, and that's that's a measuring stick game for the Magic. That is a team the Magic want to... That's a level the Magic want to be at because the Pacers are dealing with their own sets of injuries and their own problems. And, and you know, they just lost Victor Oladipo to a trade. They're, they're the player they got in that deal. Karis LeVert's out with an injury. They're not using that as an excuse. They're still fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're, they're, they believe that they will be a team that will be tough to deal with in the playoffs. And they're a perennial playoff team. Say what you want about them and their ability to be more than that they are a perennial playoff team. That's some place that a small market certainly doesn't mind being. But the Magic lost that game. And then again, Charlotte, Orlando came out with the same energy and attention to detail 
that is necessary for them to win. They moved the ball. I think at one point they had 23 assists on 29 field goal makes. They made 17 threes. Shooting was no longer the problem for the Magic until the fourth quarter. Until the Magic could not find the bottom of the net. The Magic could not break the Hornets' switching pressure defense, just like they struggled with the pressure defense that the uh, that the, the the Pacers played with. But they were still able to get shots. They got good looks. Steve Clifford went back to his starters with nine minutes left. There was no excuse for what happened. Orlando entered the, the fourth quarter with a 12-point lead on Sunday and saw it evaporate. The defense that they played to limit Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier stopped. And then all of a sudden, they were going and Gordon Hayward was going throughout the entire game and Orlando could not stem the tide. Again, it is completely true. This is a make-or-miss league. You're either going to make shots, you're going to miss them, and you have to live with the consequences so long as you get good shots. And your job is, frankly, to make it harder for the other team to get good shots because if you get stops, you can get out in transition. That's what the Hornets did to erase that 12-point deficit. Orlando played 41 fantastic minutes on Sunday. 41 fantastic minutes. Those seven minutes they didn't play well when they gave up a 25-4 run to start the fourth quarter. Similar to the run they gave up, a 22-4 run, I believe it was, in the second quarter against Minnesota, where they gave up a, a, a sizable lead and a great start to have to chase that game and make a crazy comeback at the end. I mean, again, the Magic could very well be on a what, 10-game losing streak right now. Orlando's lost eight of their last 10. Uh, since Marco Fultz got hurt. The Magic the Magic did really good things for the majority of this game. But those seven minutes killed them. Those seven minutes where they didn't play the way they needed to play ended their chance for victory. Killed a lot of goodwill. And yeah, has us asking a lot of very, very big questions that we're going to talk about uh, toward the end of the show. What did the Hornets do? Again, some good pressure defense. They played with attention to detail. They executed their defensive game plan. What did the Magic do? They lost track of players. Gordon Hayward getting open for three, most notably. There's PJ Washington driving down the middle of the cutting down the middle of the lane. Wasn't like the Hornets went on a 12-0 run in three minutes. This was a slow burn. The Magic had ample opportunities to cut into this lead or to, to stop this run from happening. The Hornets struggled with the Magic's defense, but slowly, Orlando's poor offense and their poor decision-making, you could see them pressing. You could see them struggling. And it's been this way all year long when the Magic have struggled to shoot. They let go of the rope defensively. And that's how teams get back into the game. That's how you lose big leads. And that's how you get into a situation where the Magic are inevitably going to struggle, especially without Markel Fultz. This Magic team isn't built to win close games. Or isn't built to, isn't built to have to come back the way that they have throughout the course of the season. And they've done it a couple times. And the Ma- But, you know, give the Magic the credit for this. Down by nine, they fought back several times over. Evan Fournier, they're down by, what, six with two minutes to play? Evan Fournier hits a three, a couple threes that cut it to three. Even when the Magic gave up two offensive rebounds with a minute to play, 
and on the last minute of play on the same possession. They foul Bismack Biombo. He misses both free throws. And Terrence Ross hits a tough three in the corner to tie the game. The Magic have the fight in them. They know they do. But for whatever reason, it's going away at key moments. And so the Magic don't start this home home standoff with the win that they want. The Magic don't get the win that they frankly deserved. At least for 41 minutes. The Magic have now lost 8 of their last 10. They fall into 11th in the Eastern Conference. They're 7-10 and on the season. And near the quarter mark of the year, they're facing some tremendously huge questions. We're going to go over the final box score, talk about some of the players and how they played over the course of the weekend, and then break down what this all means for the Orlando Magic coming up here in just a moment. But first, I just finished my latest box of Built Bar. I think I had the double chocolate double chocolate bar. I'm eager for my next box and the next flavor that I have. I usually get like a box, you know, boxes of, I think they're boxes of five or something. I usually get a bo- get like three boxes at a time, three different flavors. I do like to mix it up a little bit. But each flavor I've tried and each new bar that I open, I am more excited to try and very excited to see what it tastes like and eager to eat it. That's not, every, that's not something I would say about most protein bars. Most protein bars I have, they're A, way too much. They don't taste quite right. You can tell, like, this isn't quite what I signed up for. That's not the case with Built Bar. It is the uh, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Co- the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Coming in amazing flavors, 18 amazing flavors, like the double chocolate I just mentioned, plus cookies and cream, which might be my next box in waiting. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most bars are under 150 calories. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hi, I'm Jake from LOCKEDON. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Even though we're talking mostly about two games, I do want to go over the box score for Sunday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. A lot of good numbers 
there to talk about for the Orlando Magic. A lot of things to be concerned about too. Um, Evan Fournier leads, the, or sorry, Nikola Vucevic leads the team in scoring with 22 points, nine for 22 shooting, 13 rebounds for him. Um, Vucevic has put up numbers in both in both Friday and Sunday's game, but he wasn't efficient in either. And and I think that's really really concerning because, you know, we've been talking a lot this year, certainly on the website at least about how Nikola Vucevic has played like an all-star, and that does come with certain responsibilities and burdens. And that means uh, when the team needs a basket, when the team needs something to go, that's got to be where you go. It's got to be to your star. And I would say both in the Indiana game where, you know, Miles Turner did a really good job defending him one-on-one, but also in Sunday's game against the Hornets, the Hornets did a really good job pressuring him and doubling him, um, even with Bismack Biombo and Cody Zeller out there. They did a really good job pressuring and doubling him, and he didn't always read those doubles really, really well. Um, a lot of forced shots. You know, Vucevic said in, in, in uh, I believe it was after the Minnesota game, um, that he did force a few shots, that he did try and make things happen, um, and, and wasn't successful at it. And that's something that's got to happen. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on this team where they're still figuring out what they need to do and how they need to play. And and, and how to operate and function when, you know, things aren't going right. Um, so so this is still a team that's a work in progress, and you're seeing that. They're making progress, but again, it's costing them games in the meantime. Nikola Vucevic, though, he's getting his numbers, but they can't be empty numbers. They have to be continuing to get better and continuing to take this team and take him to that next level. So that's, that's going to be a big thing to watch with Nikola Vucevic. Um, over the course of the next uh, few few weeks and few games, especially second quarter of the season, where you know the Magic season is going to really get determined here. Um, Evan Fournier scored 21 points, seven for 16 shooting, three for eight from beyond the arc. He added six assists, but also four turnovers. Um, I, everything starts with the team's leaders. Um, with Aaron Gordon out, that meant Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are the team's leaders. Those are the guys that set the tone for the team. Those are the guys that have to play well. Bottom line, those guys have to play well for the Magic to be the team they want to be. Um, and especially when they're stuck, especially when they're struggling, those guys have to execute at a higher level. Um, they struggled in overtime against the Indiana Pacers. It's one of the reasons the Magic lost, actually. Um, they you know, have done very good things over the last three games that have made the Magic look a lot better. So again, this team goes how those two players go. I thought Evan... Um, he wasn't super aggressive throughout the game. He got more aggressive and played with a lot more urgency late in the game to kind of save the team. But throughout the game, I felt like, and I don't know if this is just fatigue or focus or whatever it is, I felt like his passes and his, his movements were a little bit, not lazy isn't, isn't the right word, but they they weren't on point. Um, again, this is about details. It's about doing the right things and doing what the team needs him to do. They weren't on point. He has to be on point, bar none, full stop. He has to be on point. If he is not, the Magic are going to struggle, especially with how small their margin for error is. He was not on point for most of this game, and I think that's one of the reasons why, especially in the fourth quarter, I think that's especially that's especially why one of the reasons the Magic struggled to to play in this game. Gary Clark had 14 points on 4 for 7 shooting from beyond the arc. Really nice game for Gary Clark stepping in for Aaron Gordon. Did some good things defensively. Did some bad things defensively too. I won't lie. Some of his positioning was a bit off. Again, just a step off is enough to throw you off in this league. Um, so again, just got to be on point with those rotations and those de- those defensive settings. But um, he made his shots. And he started when, you know, he's not a lot, you know, he said it after the game. I'm not a lockdown defender. 
That's not my role. If I'm going to stay on the floor, uh, if I'm going to get playing time, I need to hit from the outside because that will, you know, that will make, you know, I, I'm, I'm a good enough defender to be on the floor, but I am also on the floor to make shots. And if he and, and he made shots in this game, and he's starting to find a little bit of a rhythm as he's gotten more consistent playing time over the last few games. James Ennis, I thought, had a really nice defensive game. He finished with eight points on three for seven shooting, did a good, nice job defensively. Probably should have been at the game at the end. Um, he only played 21 and a half minutes. He might still be, he's not supposedly not on a minute restriction, but, um, you know, I, I think he, I think the Magic need him, but they, the, the Steve Clifford opted to go with Dwayne Bacon over James Ennis on the on the last couple plays. He finished with two points on one for seven shooting. Dwayne Bacon really struggled in this one, and I thought, you know, I watched back the fourth quarter. On my second watch of the fourth quarter, I noticed a lot of mistakes that Bacon was making. Some of it was offense being forced. Um, you know, again, when his offense is on like it was Friday against the Indiana Pacers, he's really good. Those Magic lineups are really good. When he's really bad, when he has a bad shooting night like he's had on Sunday, that magic offense stalls out because Dwayne Bacon, as Zach Lowe pointed out in his 10 things I like and don't like, is not passing the ball. He is looking to score. He's looking to get the paint and score. That's what he's there to do. It's probably why he's almost out of the league because he's just so inconsistent at it. I mean, he's either getting you 18 points or he's getting you two. Um, that's that's how it feels with him. Um, not a good game for Dwayne Bacon. I thought especially early in the fourth quarter, he really, really, really struggled. Uh, the, Terrence Ross, 10 points, four for eight shooting, you know, didn't shoot the team out. Didn't shoot the didn't shoot the ball enough. The Magic didn't get him the ball enough. Even early in the fourth quarter, just not a lot of sets run for him. And I think that would have been a time to run some sets for him to try and spring him free, uh, just move him off cuts. Just not a lot of ball movement early in the fourth quarter. But, you know, when Ross got his shots, he made him. I don't think there's much to complain about Ross in this game except to say that he should have been more involved. Um, last guy I want to talk about, Cole Anthony. 14 points, 6 for 13 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Cole Anthony is starting to figure things out. Um, I thought he had a really nice game in Indiana against the Pacers, did some really good things, deserved to be on the floor to finish the game, probably should have been involved and used a little bit more. He's getting better at organizing the team. I think the Hornets did a good job pressuring him in the fourth quarter, making him really think a little bit more. Um, that definitely got the Magic in a little bit of trouble. And, you know, Maybe certainly someone with more experience would have been able to, to guide the team a little bit better. Um, but... Anthony is starting to play like a better uh, initiator and playmaker. I think there's a lot to like about his game. Um, he's always been able to get to his spots, and he's still speeding up a little bit too much when he gets to the rim, but the jumper's starting to come. Um, you know, After struggling to shoot from beyond the arc early in the season, he is starting to hit that three-pointer much more consistently. He's getting smarter with his shot selection. You know, He's certainly willing to try things that, that maybe aren't the best shots in the world, um, but he is getting smarter with the shot selection. He's getting smarter with how he can find the sp- spots on the floor and, frankly, smarter at how to run the team. He's made some really nice defensive strides, too. Um, did a great job on Devontae Graham throughout the game. He had one play that was really impressive where Devontae Graham uh, was in transition, drove down the lane. Anthony was was backpedaling, did not foul him. Graham showed the ball, and Anthony was able to get a tie-up for a jump ball uh, on the move. It was a really, really nice defensive play. Um, and Anthony's shown uh, a pension for being a great rebounder from the point guard position. So Cole Anthony doing really nice things. I think there's a lot to be a lot to like about the rookie as we near the quarter pole of the season. Orlando shoots 44.8% from the floor, 17 for 38 from beyond the arc, just 9 of 13 from the foul line. Again, a second straight game where the Magic struggle to shoot from the foul line. They did a really good job getting the foul line on fr- in Friday's game against Indiana. But Evan Fournier shot 6 of 12 from the foul line. He missed a couple critical free throws down the stretch. That hurt the Magic. They don't have the margin for error to miss free throws, and they're not a great free, they're not a great team at getting to the foul line. 
So when they do get there, they do need to make them. It's a lot of pressure on that. Orlando also finishes with 15 turnovers in the game, uncharacteristically high for them. The Hornets shoot 47.7% from the floor, 38.9%, 14 for 36 from beyond the arc, also 9 for 16 from the foul line. They struggled there too. Gordon Hayward with 39 points, 9 rebounds. Orlando had no answers for him, but they're able to quiet down a lot of the other roster. Devontae Graham, 15 points, 5 for 14 shooting. Terry Rozier, 7 points, 2 for 10 shooting, 1 for 6 from beyond the arc. Um, Orlando, again, did a good job shutting them down, but obviously not enough. Miles Bridges got going, especially in the fourth quarter. LaMelo Ball got himself going, and then eventually Devontae Graham got himself going in the fourth quarter, and that allowed Gordon Hayward to finish the game. The Orlando Magic fall to the Charlotte Hornets 107-104 at the Amway Center to open up this four-game homestand. They'll do it all again Monday against the Charlotte Hornets, but the Magic have some big issues to think about themselves. We'll talk about those coming up here in just a moment. But first, the NBA is happening every week. The Super Bowl is in two weeks between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs. It's time to get in the game, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. No matter if it's the Super Bowl, no matter if it's college basketball, no matter if it's the NBA or whatever sport you're into, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up later this week on Locked On Magic, we have hit the quarter mark of the season, or we will after Monday's game. We'll look back at the first quarter of the season, uh, who, what worked, what didn't, and what lies ahead for the Orlando Magic. A lot to get to uh, as uh, we, we mark, mark this occasion and look ahead to what's coming up. But of course, a lot of the big issues that we'll talk about in, in, that, uh, in that review of the first quarter of the season are issues that we're seeing pop up in every single game and in a lot of these games uh, as the season moves on. A lot of themes are developing and a lot of things are happening that happen over and over again. You know, I, I've, I've gotten into a lot of arguments and, and, and a lot of debate with people on Twitter who are just, you know, who, who, see the, who are thinking about the big picture more than the, the small picture. And I'll admit this, I am a small picture guy. You know, I, 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 I see the force for the trees. I'm, I'm, I want to acknowledge a lot of the arguments that are being set out there, although some of them I just philosophically disagree with. Um, the forest exists, and we do have to acknowledge the forest and, and, and the fact that things might very well turn south here. But the trees matter too. We can't lose focus on the games and what they mean. And, and as I've told a lot of people who are ready to just give up on the season, well, give this team the chance to fail. Give this team the chance to succeed or fail before you write them off. And, and really, a lot of the decisions a lot of fans want the Magic to make aren't going to get made until February anyway, or until the trade deadline anyway. So we got to let this thing play out a little bit. we got to watch this team play out. And the first quarter of the season... No team is really out of it 
by the first quarter of the season. If you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, they're really bunched up. The Magic are uh, one game back, I believe, of the eighth of eighth. They're two and a half back of fourth. I mean, again, really, really bunched up here. The Magic are seven and ten, as bad as things look. They're right in the thick of things, and they, and and they've got to figure some things out. No one's going to deny that, but they're right in the thick of things. Maybe not where they wanted to be at the start of the season, where certainly the fast start that they got off to seems to suggest they might be. But they're there. They're still all their goals, the chance to make in the playoffs, even climbing the ladder, still in front of them if they can't achieve it. And that's what's been the most concerning part of these last stretch of games, and especially Friday's game and really Sunday's game too. We're seeing the same things happen over and over again. The first quarter of the season, everyone's still figuring themselves out. I mean, I think about uh, what Matt Moore of the Action Network, I think he used to say this about the season. The first two weeks and the last two weeks, you can just throw out. Those, those aren't the season. Teams do funky, weird things in the first two weeks and the last two weeks. It's those mid, that, that middle part of the season where teams play who, as they are. They become the team they are for the entire season. I say this all the time on the show. The regular season is about what you can do every single night, even on your worst night. It's about consistency. And yes, there are some games where you play over your head and some games where you struggle a lot. But your level is ultimately who you are. And now that the first quarter of the season is coming to a close, we are starting to figure out what this Magic team's level is. Frankly, I don't know if they quite know it yet because, yes, the Magic had a pretty big shock with the loss of Marco Fultz for the rest of the year. They've had injuries that have prevented them from finding any type of lineup consistency. But even with that, we're seeing certainly some very troubling and concerning trends. Sunday's game was a perfect example of all of this. The Magic are not playing Orlando Magic basketball. We've heard several players talk about it in in those terms. That this Magic team has a brand. It has an identity. And although, yes, they don't have the top-end talent maybe to make that identity really clear, this team does have a way that it plays, that it knows will be successful on most nights. They defend well. They don't make mistakes and turn the ball over. They get back in transition, prevent easy baskets. They make you work for your shots. They rebound, limiting you to one shot. They are a grind-out team. And while that may not be the most entertaining style of basketball, it is impossible to deny the effects and the positive effect that it has had on this franchise. The Magic don't lose games they're not supposed to lose. At least, that's who they think they are. or That's who they were for the last two seasons. So far this season, it is hard to say that is who the Magic are. We have a large enough sample size perhaps now to say that the stats are starting to level out. And it is not painting a pretty picture for the Orlando Magic. I believe they're 27th or 26th in the league in net rating. Essentially one of the worst teams in the league. Their defensive rating is settled in at 18th in the league. And that is not going to be good enough. Sunday, again, was an example of all this, especially in that fourth quarter. For the first three quarters, the Magic played exactly how they want to play, and every single player said it. We moved the ball. We defended well. We limited them to one shot. We didn't make mistakes. They did all those things. 
But then in the fourth quarter, picked up 3,000 in the first two minutes. Charlotte was in the bonus for most of the game. And yeah, Charlotte didn't make most of that fourth quarter. Sure, Charlotte didn't make a ton of those free throws, but again, that fouling cost the Magic the game against the Knicks. That's not who the Magic are. That's not who they are. That is a mistake that they can prevent. That is wholly on them. The Magic gave up offensive rebounds and gave up second chances. They turned the ball over. Against the Pacers, the Magic turned the ball over a ton. Five turnovers in the first quarters put them behind the eight ball from the start. And that's, the Pacers thrive on turnovers. They thrive on running off your mistakes. It's a lack of attention to detail. Again, the Magic had that in Sunday too with the turnovers in in the fourth quarter, with losing guys in transition, with Gordon Hayward hitting a wide open three at a critical moment of the game not being in the right spots, not running the sets effectively. Some teams might get away with having a bad night and playing without this attention to detail. Some teams might be able to survive playing this way. Not the Magic. That is not who the Magic are. That is not their way to win. We've talked about it a lot in the wake of Marco Fultz's injury, especially over the last few weeks, that the Magic are still trying to find their way to win. And Gary Clark was absolutely right to say after the game that, you know, if there is one sign of encouragement, it is that the Magic have started to play this way. They had strong efforts against in the second half against the Minnesota Timberwolves and, and a solid effort against the New York Knicks and a solid effort against the Brooklyn Nets and a solid effort against the Indiana Pacers for three quarters and three fantastic quarters against the Charlotte Hornets. He is right to say that the Magic are making progress, that they're showing signs that they're getting to that style of basketball. But when the chips are on the table, as they were against the Nets, as they were against the Knicks, as they were against the Pacers, and as they were against the Hornets, the Magic have let go of the rope more consistently than they've held on tighter to it. The Magic have made mistakes that they can prevent that costs them the game. And it's happened repeatedly. Gary Clark said the team is encouraged by this progress, but also frustrated knowing they can do better. And that's, frankly, the only thing that we can say coming out of Sunday's loss. You might believe that this Magic team is destined to be bad. And as I've told a lot of people, if a team is bad, it will be bad. One thing that can never become acceptable within this organization ever again, if, if, it, if it was even uh, in the early days of this rebuild, it can never be acceptable not to play to your best potential. And that was honestly the most frustrating thing of the 2020 season. It wasn't that the Magic finished 7th or 8th again in the Eastern Conference. It was that it was clear the Magic could be better, even with the injuries. Even with Jonathan Isaac out of the lineup, it was clear the Magic could be better. In 2019, they played their best. 2020, they certainly did not. So far in 2021, the Magic can be better. They can achieve these goals. And to think otherwise is defeatist. Will they achieve these goals? Will they realize their potential. Frankly, 
That's up to them. No one else can make that choice. Give the Charlotte Hornets all the credit in the world for making the plays and rallying to win the game. There were several moments, though, in that fourth quarter where one shot, one good play, felt like it would give the Magic the win. And frankly, a comfortable win. It was the fact that the Magic couldn't stem that tide, that they couldn't get back control of that game that cost them. Isn't the first time it's happened this year. Isn't the first time the Magic have let a game that was in their graphs get away from them. Think of that Milwaukee game, the fourth quarter. Orlando was in that game, playing fantastic, and then all of a sudden, they weren't. 36 minutes ain't 48. 41 minutes ain't 48. So all credit to the Hornets, but this was a bed the Magic made. This is a bed that they had to lie in. They almost got out of it. They almost learned that lesson while winning. There's no getting these games back. There's no no moral victories here. The Magic simply have to, and they can, be better. And that's the standard that everyone needs to hold them to. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places in all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's Monday game against the Charlotte Hornets as the Magic try to get this one back. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is Phil Boston Mike. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.